0: Section 34 of Scott's Last Expedition, Volume 1. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Scott's Last Expedition, Volume 1 The Journals of Robert Falcon Scott, arranged by Leonard Huxley. Second part of Chapter 16 Southern Journey The Barrier Stage. Monday, November 13. Camp 10. Another horrid march in a terrible light, surface very bad. Ponies came through all well, but they are being tried hard by the surface conditions. We followed tracks most of the way, neither party seeing the other except towards camping time. The crocs did well, all repeatedly. Either the whole sky has been clear, or the overhanging cloud has lifted from time to time to show the lower rocks. Had we been dependent on landmarks, we should have fared ill. Evidently a good system of cairns is the best possible travelling arrangement on this great snow plain. Mears and Dmitri up with the dogs as usual very soon after we camped. This inpouring of warm moist air, which gives rise to this heavy surface deposit at this season, is certainly an interesting meteorological fact, accounting as it does for the very sudden change in barrier conditions from spring to summer. WEDNESDAY, NOVEMBER 15, CAMP 12. FOUND OUR ONE-TON CAMP WITHOUT ANY DIFFICULTY, 130 GEOGRAPHICAL MILES FROM CAPE EVANS. ABOUT SEVEN OR EIGHT MILES. AFTER FIVE-AND-A-HALF MILES TO LUNCH CAMP, CHINAMAN WAS PRETTY TIRED, BUT WENT ON AGAIN IN GOOD FORM AFTER THE REST. ALL THE OTHER PONIES MADE NOTHING OF THE MARCH, WHICH, HOWEVER, WAS OVER A DISTINCTLY BETTER SURFACE. After a discussion, we had decided to give the animals a day's rest here, and then to push forward at the rate of thirteen geographical miles a day. Oates thinks the ponies will get through, but that they have lost condition quicker than he expected. Considering his usually pessimistic attitude, this must be thought a hopeful view. Personally, I am much more hopeful. I think a good many of the beasts are actually in better form than when they started, and that there is no need to be alarmed about the remainder, always excepting the weak ones, which we have always regarded with doubt. Well, we must wait and see how things go. A note from Evans dated the ninth, stating his party has gone on to 80 degrees 30 minutes, carrying four boxes of biscuit. He has done something over 30 miles geographical in two and a half days, exceedingly good going. I only hope he has built lots of good cairns. It was a very beautiful day yesterday, bright sun, but as we marched towards midnight, the sky gradually became overcast. Very beautiful halo rings formed around the sun. Four separate rings were very distinct. Wilson descried a fifth. The orange color with blue interspace formed very fine contrasts. We now clearly see the corona ring on the snow surface. The spread of stratus cloud overhead was very remarkable. The sky was blue all around the horizon, but overhead a cumulostratus grew early. It seemed to be drifting to the south and later to the east. The broken cumulus slowly changed to a uniform stratus, which seems to be thinning as the sun gains power. There is a very thin light fall of snow crystals, but the surface deposit seems to be abating the evaporation for the moment, outpacing the light snowfall. The crystals barely exist a moment when they light on our equipment, so that everything on and about the sledges is drying rapidly. When the sky was clear above the horizon, we got a good view of the distant land all around to the west. White patches of mountains to the west-southwest must be 120 miles distant. During the night we saw Discovery and the Royal Society range, the first view for many days, but we have not seen Erebus for a week, and in that direction the clouds seem ever to concentrate. It is very interesting to watch the weather phenomena of the barrier, but one prefers the sunshine to days such as this, when everything is blankly white and a sense of oppression is inevitable. The temperature fell to minus fifteen degrees last night with a clear sky. It rose to zero degrees directly the sky covered, and is now just sixteen to twenty degrees most of us are using goggles with glass of light green tint we find this color very grateful to the eyes and as a rule it is possible to see everything through them even more clearly than with naked vision the hard sestrugi are now all from the west southwest, and our cairns are drifted up by winds from that direction mostly though there has evidently been a range of snow-bearing winds round to south this observation holds from corner camp to this camp showing that apparently, all along the coast, the wind comes from the land. The minimum thermometer left here shows minus 73 degrees, rather less than expected. It has been excellently exposed, and evidently not at all drifted up with snow at any time. I cannot find the oats I scattered here, rather fear the drift has covered them, but other evidences show that the snow deposit has been very small. Thursday, November 16, Camp 12 RESTING. A stiff little southerly breeze all day, dropping towards evening. The temperature, minus 15 degrees. Ponies pretty comfortable in rugs and behind good walls. We have reorganized the loads, taking on about 580 pounds with the stronger ponies, 400 odd with the others. FRIDAY, NOVEMBER seventeenth, CAMP 13. ATKINSON STARTED ABOUT 8.30. WE CAME ON ABOUT 11, THE WHOLE OF THE REMAINDER. The lunch camp was seven and a half miles. Atkinson left as we came in. He was an hour before us at the final camp, thirteen and a quarter geographical miles. On the whole, in considering the weights, the ponies did very well, but the surface was comparatively good. Christopher showed signs of trouble at start, but was coaxed into position for the traces to be hooked. There was some ice on his runner, and he had a very heavy drag, therefore a good deal done on arrival." Also, his load seems heavier and deader than the others. It is early days to wonder whether the little beasts will last. One can only hope they will, but the weakness of breeding and age is showing itself already. The crocs have done wonderfully, so there is really no saying how long or well the fitter animals may go. We had a horribly cold wind on the march. Temperature, minus eighteen degrees, force three. The sun was shining, but seemed to make little difference. It is still shining brightly, temperature 11 degrees. Behind the pony walls, it is wonderfully warm, and the animals look as snug as possible. Saturday, November 18, Camp 14. The ponies are not pulling well. The surface is, if anything, a little worse than yesterday, but I should think about the sort of thing we will have to expect henceforward. I HAD A PANIC THAT WE WERE CARRYING TOO MUCH FOOD, AND THIS MORNING WE HAVE DISCUSSED THE MATTER, AND DECIDED WE CAN LEAVE A SACK. WE HAVE DONE THE USUAL THIRTEEN MILES GEOGRAPHICAL, WITH A FEW HUNDRED YARDS TO MAKE THE FIFTEEN STATUTE. THE TEMPERATURE WAS MINUS TWENTY-ONE DEGREES WHEN WE CAMPED LAST NIGHT, NOW IT IS MINUS THREE DEGREES. THE CROCKS ARE GOING ON VERY WONDERFULLY. Oates GIVES CHINAMAN AT LEAST THREE DAYS, AND Wright SAYS HE MAY GO FOR A WEEK. This is slightly inspiriting, but how much better would it have been to have had ten really reliable beasts? It's touch and go whether we scrape up to the glacier. Meanwhile, we get along somehow. At any rate, the bright sunshine makes everything look more hopeful. Sunday, November nineteenth, Camp 15. We have struck a real bad surface, sledges pulling well over it, but ponies sinking very deep. The result is about to finish Jehu. He was terribly done on getting in tonight. He may go another march, but not more, I think. Considering the surface, the other ponies did well. The ponies occasionally sink halfway to the hawk, little Michael once or twice almost to the hawk itself. Luckily, the weather now is glorious for resting the animals, which are very placid and quiet in the brilliant sun. The Sestrugi are confused, THE UNDERLYING HARD PATCHES APPEAR AS BEFORE TO HAVE BEEN FORMED BY A WEST-SOUTHWEST WIND, BUT THERE ARE SOME SURFACE WAVES POINTING TO A RECENT SOUTH-EASTERLY WIND. HAVE BEEN TAKING SOME PHOTOGRAPHS, BOWERS ALSO. MONDAY, NOVEMBER 20, CAMP 16. THE SURFACE A LITTLE BETTER, Sistrugi BECOMING MORE AND MORE DEFINITE FROM SOUTHEAST. STRUCK A FEW HARD PATCHES, WHICH MADE ME HOPEFUL OF MUCH BETTER THINGS, BUT THESE DID NOT LAST LONG. The crocs still go. Jehu seems even a little better than yesterday, and will certainly go another march. Chinaman reported bad the first half-march, but bucked up the second. The dogs found the surface heavy. Tomorrow I propose to relieve them of a forage bag. The sky was slightly overcast during the march, with radiating cirrostratus south-southwest to north-northeast. Now very clear and bright again, Temperature at night, minus fourteen degrees, now four degrees. A very slight southerly breeze, from which the walls protect the animals well. I feel sure that the long day's rest in the sun is very good for all of them. Our ponies marched very steadily last night. They seem to take the soft crusts and difficult plodding surface more easily. The loss of condition is not so rapid as noticed to one-ton camp, except perhaps in Victor, who is getting to look very gaunt. Nobby seems fitter and stronger than when he started. He alone is ready to go all his feed at any time, and as much more as he can get. The rest feel fairly well, but they are getting a very big strong ration. I am beginning to feel more hopeful about them. Christopher bucked the bow of his sledge in towards the end of the march. He must have a lot left in him, though. Tuesday, November 21 CAMP 17. LATITUDE 80 DEGREES 35 MINUTES. THE SURFACE DECIDEDLY BETTER, AND THE PONIES VERY STEADY ON THE MARCH. NONE SEEM OVERTIRED, AND NOW IT IS IMPOSSIBLE NOT TO TAKE A HOPEFUL VIEW OF THEIR PROSPECT OF PULLING THROUGH. TEMPERATURE MINUS 14, NIGHT. THE ONLY CIRCUMSTANCE TO BE FEARED IS A REVERSION TO BAD SURFACES, AND THAT OUGHT NOT TO HAPPEN ON THIS COURSE. We marched to the usual lunch camp and saw a large cairn ahead. Two miles beyond, we came on the motor party in latitude 80 degrees, 32 minutes. We learned that they had been waiting for six days. They all look very fit, but declare themselves to be very hungry. This is interesting, as showing conclusively that a ration amply sufficient for the needs of men leading ponies is quite insufficient for men doing hard-pulling work. It therefore fully justifies the provision which we have made for the summit work. Even on that, I have little doubt we shall soon get hungry. Day looks very thin, almost gaunt, but fit. The weather is beautiful, long may it so continue. Temperature, plus six degrees, eleven a.m. It is decided to take on the motor party in advance for three days, then Day and Hooper return. We hope Jehu will last three days. He will then be finished, in any case, and fed to the dogs. It is amusing to see Mears looking eagerly for the chance of a feed for his animals. He has been expecting it daily. On the other hand, Atkinson and Oates are eager to get the poor animal beyond the point at which Shackleton killed his first beast. Reports on Chinaman are very favorable, and it looks as though the ponies are going to do what is hoped of them. Wednesday, November 22 camp eighteen everything much the same the ponies thinner but not much weaker the crocs still going along jehu is now called the barrier wonder and chinaman the thunderbolt two days more and they will be well past the spot at which shackleton killed his first animal nobby keeps his preeminence of condition and has now the heaviest load by some fifty pounds most of the others are under five hundred pounds load and I hope will be eased further yet. The dogs are in good form still, and have come up well with their loads this morning, night temperature minus fourteen degrees. It looks as though we ought to get through to the glacier without great difficulty. The weather is glorious, and the ponies can make the most of their rest during the warmest hours, but they certainly lose in one way by marching at night. The surface is much easier for the sledges when the sun is warm, and for about three hours before and after midnight, the friction noticeably increases. It is just a question whether this extra weight on the loads is compensated by the resting temperature. We are quite steady on the march now, and though not fast, yet get through with few stops. The animals seem to be getting accustomed to the steady, heavy plod, and take the deep places less fussily. There is rather an increased condition of false crust, that is, a crust which appears firm till the whole weight of the animal is put upon it, when it suddenly gives some three or four inches. This is very trying to the poor beasts. There are also more patches in which the men sink, so that walking is getting more troublesome, but, speaking broadly, the crusts are not comparatively bad, and the surface is rather better than it was. If the hot sun continues, this should still further improve. One cannot see any reason why the crust should change in the next 100 miles. Temperature, plus 2 degrees. The land is visible along the western horizon in patches. Bowers points out a continuous dark band. Is this the dolerite Sill? Thursday, November 23, Camp 19. Getting along. I think the ponies will get through. We are now 150 geographical miles from the glacier but it is still rather touch-and-go. If one or more ponies were to go rapidly downhill, we might be in queer street. The surface is much the same, I think. Before lunch there seemed to be a marked improvement, and after lunch the ponies marched much better, so that one supposed a betterment of the friction. It is banking up to the south, temperature plus nine degrees, and I am afraid we may get a blizzard. I hope to goodness it is not going to stop one marching, forage won't allow that friday november twenty four camp twenty there was a cold wind changing from south to southeast, and overcast sky all day yesterday a gloomy start to our march but the cloud rapidly lifted bands of clear sky broke through from east to west and the remnants of cloud dissipated now the sun is very bright and warm we did the usual march very easily over a fairly good surface the ponies now quite steady and regular. Since the junction with the motor party, the procedure has been for the man-hauling people to go forward just ahead of the crocs, the other party following two or three hours later. Today we closed less than usual, so that the crocs must have been going very well. However, the fiat had already gone forth, and this morning, after the march, poor old Jehu was led back on the track and shot. After our doubts as to his reaching hut point, it is wonderful to think that he has actually got eight marches beyond our last year limit, and could have gone more. However, towards the end he was pulling very little, and on the whole it was merciful to have ended his life. Chinaman seems to improve, and will certainly last a good many days yet. The rest show no signs of flagging, and are only moderately hungry. The surface is tiring for walking, as one sinks two or three inches nearly all the time. I feel we ought to get through now. Day and Hooper leave us tonight. Saturday, November 25, Camp 21. The surface during the first march was very heavy, owing to a liberal coating of ice crystals. It improved during the second march, becoming quite good towards the end, temperature minus two degrees. Now that it is pretty warm at night, it is obviously desirable to work towards day marching we shall start two hours later to-night and again to-morrow night last night we bade farewell to day and hooper and set out with the new organization temperature minus eight degrees all started together the man-haulers evans lashley and atkinson going ahead with their gear on the ten-foot sledge chinaman and james pig next and the rest some ten minutes behind We reached the lunch camp together and started therefrom in the same order, the two crocs somewhat behind, but not more than three hundred yards at the finish, so that all got into camp fairly satisfactorily together. The men said the first march was extremely heavy, temperature minus two degrees. The sun has been shining all night, but towards midnight light mist clouds arose, half obscuring the leading parties. Land can be dimly discerned nearly ahead. Ponies are slowly tiring, but we lighten loads again tomorrow by making another depot. Mears has just come up to report that Jehu made four feeds for the dogs. He cut up very well and had quite a lot of fat on him. Mears says another pony will carry him to the glacier. This is very good hearing. The men are pulling with ski sticks and say that they are a great assistance. I think of taking them up the glacier. Jehu has certainly come up trumps, after all, and Chinaman bids fair to be even more valuable. Only a few more marches to feel safe in getting to our first goal. Sunday, November 26, Camp 22, Lunch Camp. Marched here fairly easily, comparatively good surface. Started at 1 a.m., midnight local time. We now keep a steady pace of 2 miles an hour, very good going the sky was slightly overcast at start and between two and three it grew very misty before we camped we lost sight of the men haulers only three hundred yards ahead the sun is piercing the mist here in latitude eighty one degrees thirty five minutes we are leaving our middle barrier depot one week for each re-unit as at mount hooper camp twenty two snow began falling during the second march it is blowing from the west-southwest force two to three with snow pattering on the tent a kind of summery blizzard that reminds one of april showers at home the ponies come well on the second march and we shall start two hours later again tomorrow, e at three a m temperature plus thirteen degrees from this it will be a very short step to day routine when the time comes for man hauling The Sestrugis seem to be gradually coming more to the south and a little more confused. Now and again they are crossed with hard westerly Sestrugis. The walking is tiring for the men, one's feet sinking two or three inches at each step. Chinaman and Jimmy Pig kept up splendidly with the other ponies. It is always rather dismal work walking over the great snow plain when sky and surface merge in one pall of dead whiteness but it is cheering to be in such good company with everything going on steadily and well. The dogs came up as we camped. Muir says the best surface he has had yet. Monday, November 27. Camp 23. Temperature plus 8 degrees, 12 p.m., plus 2 degrees, 3 a.m., plus 13 degrees, 11 a.m., plus 17 degrees, 3 p.m. Quite the most trying march we have had the surface very poor at start. The advance party got away in front, but made heavy weather of it, and we caught them up several times. This threw the ponies out of their regular work and prolonged the march. It grew overcast again, although after a summery blizzard all yesterday, there was promise of better things. Starting at 3 a.m., we did not get to lunch camp much before 9. The second march was even worse. The advance party started on ski, the leading marks failed altogether, and they had the greatest difficulty in keeping a course. At the mid building halt the snow suddenly came down heavily, with a rise of temperature, and the ski became hopelessly clogged, bad farer, as the Norwegians say. At this time the surface was unspeakably heavy for pulling, but in a few minutes a south wind sprang up, and a beneficial result was immediately felt. Pulling on foot, the advance had even greater difficulty in going straight until the last half-mile, when the sky broke slightly. We got off our march, but under the most harassing circumstances and with the animals very tired. It is snowing hard again now, and heaven only knows when it will stop. If it were not for the surface and bad light, things would not be so bad. There are few sastrugi and little deep snow. For the most part, men and ponies sink to a hard crust some three or four inches beneath the soft upper snow. Tiring for the men, but in itself more even, and therefore less tiring for the animals. Mears just came up and reporting very bad surface. We shall start one hour later tomorrow, i.e. at 4 a.m., making five hours delay on the conditions of three days ago our forage supply necessitates that we should plug on the thirteen geographical miles daily under all conditions so that we can only hope for better things it is several days since we had a glimpse of land which makes conditions especially gloomy a tired animal makes a tired man i find and none of us are very bright now after the day's march though we have had ample sleep of late tuesday november twenty eight camp twenty four the most dismal start imaginable thick as a hedge snow falling and drifting with keen southerly wind the men pulled out at 3:15 with chinaman and james pig we followed at 4:20 just catching the party at the lunch camp at 8:30 things got better halfway the sky showed signs of clearing and the steering improved now at lunch it is getting thick again when will the wretched blizzard be over walking is better for ponies worse for men there is nearly everywhere a hard crust some three to six inches down towards the end of the march we crossed a succession of high hard southeasterly sastrugi, widely dispersed i don't know what to make of these second march almost as horrid as the first wind blowing strong from the south shifting to southeast as the snowstorms fell on us when we could see little or nothing and the driving snow hit us stingingly in the face the general impression of all this dirty weather is that it spreads in from the southeast we started at four a m and i think i shall stick to that custom for the present these last four marches have been fought for but completed without hitch and though we camped in a snowstorm, there is a more promising look in the sky and if only for a time the wind has dropped and the sun shines brightly dispelling some of the gloomy results of the distressing marching. Chinaman, the Thunderbolt, has been shot to-night. Plucky little chap, he has stuck it out well, and leaves the stage but a few days before his fellows. We have only four bags of forage, each one thirty pounds, left, but these should give seven marches with all the remaining animals, and we are less than ninety miles from the glacier. Bowers tells me that the barometer was phenomenally low, both during this blizzard and the last. This has certainly been the most unexpected and trying summer blizzard yet experienced in this region. I only trust it is over. There is not much to choose between the remaining ponies. Nobby and Bones are the strongest, Victor and Christopher the weakest, but all should get through. The land doesn't show up yet. Wednesday, November 29. CAMP 25, LATITUDE 82 DEGREES, 21 MINUTES. THINGS MUCH BETTER. THE LAND SHOWED UP LATE YESTERDAY. MOUNT MARKHAM, A MAGNIFICENT TRIPLE PEAK, APPEARING WONDERFULLY CLOSE. CAPE LITTLETON AND CAPE Goldie. WE DID OUR MARCH IN GOOD TIME, LEAVING ABOUT 4.20, AND GETTING INTO THIS CAMP AT one fifteen. ABOUT SEVEN AND A HALF HOURS ON THE MARCH. I SUPPOSE OUR SPEED THROUGHOUT AVERAGES 2 STATUTE MILES AN HOUR. The land showed hazily on the march, at times looking remarkably near. sheety white snowy stratus cloud hung about overhead during the first march, but now the sky is clearing, the sun very warm and bright. Land shows up almost ahead now, our pony goal less than seventy miles away. The ponies are tired, but I believe all have five days' work left in them, and some a great deal more. Chinaman made four feeds for the dogs, and I suppose we can count every other pony as a similar asset. It follows that the dogs can be employed, rested, and fed well on the homeward track. We could really get through now with their help, and without much delay, yet every consideration makes it desirable to save the men from heavy hauling as long as possible, so I devoutly hope the seventy miles will come in the present order of things. Snippets and Nobby now walk by themselves, following in the tracks well. Both have a continually cunning eye on the driver, ready to stop the moment he pauses. They eat snow every few minutes. It's a relief not having to lead an animal. Such trifles annoy one on these marches, the animal's vagaries, his everlasting attempts to eat his head rope, etc. Yet all these animals are very full of character. Some day I must write of them and their individualities. The men-haulers started one and a half hours before us, and got there a good hour ahead, traveling easily throughout. Such is the surface with the sun on it, justifying my decision to work towards day-marching. Evans has suggested the word glide for the quality of surface indicated. Surface is more comprehensive, and includes the crusts and liability to sink in them. From this point of view, the surface is distinctly bad. The ponies plough deep all the time, and the men most of the time. The sestrugi are rather more clearly southeast. This would be from winds sweeping along the coast. We have a recurrence of sinking crusts, areas which give way with a report. There has been little of this since we left one-ton camp until yesterday and today, when it is again very marked. Certainly the open barrier conditions are different from those near the coast. Altogether, things look much better, and everyone is in excellent spirits. Mears has been measuring the holes made by ponies' hooves, and finds an average of about eight inches since we left one-ton camp. He finds many holes a foot deep. This gives good indication of the nature of the work. In Bower's tent, they had some of Chinaman's undercut in their hoosh yesterday, and say it was excellent. Note from the glossary, hoosh a thick camp-soup with a basis of pemmican. End of note. I am cook for the present. Have been discussing pony snowshoes. I wish to goodness the animals would wear them. It would save them any amount of labor in such surfaces as this. End of second part of chapter 16.